In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 22, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So this is a listener-suggested thing. It sure is. And we have to thank Maggie for coming up with this great genre of horror. Maggie's the best. Yes. Albeit outside my comfort zone. Outside mine as well. But we did do a little research on what actually horror means yes. and entails, right? You yeah, did that. Yeah, yeah, I did. And according to a lot of different definitions, it's basically speculative fiction, which is intended to frighten, mm-hmm. scare, mm-hmm. disgust, or startle hmm. its readers with feelings of horror and terror. Well... But it doesn't say that that has to be done by blood, guts, and gore. Because I think both you and I, when we got this suggested theme, we're like, oh, like gory stuff, like slasher movies, not no. our thing. But then Maggie clarified. Yes, didn't she, she did. She yeah. said that she really enjoyed the book The Stand, which you have also recommended on this podcast yes. by Stephen King. So with that in mind, yes. we took a little bit of a psychological horrifying turn. We sure did. And man, we got some good ones. We did. We yeah. got some really good some ones. Some real scary things. Yes. In various ways. Yes, very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so thinking of scary stories, thinking of horror by that definition, Mm -hmm. what was the first book or movie that really scared you? (sighs) Amityville Horror. Oh! Yeah. Actually, I should say It, too, because I actually watched those in the same weekend. Oh, what were you doing? Yeah, I was having a sleepover with a very good friend of mine. I was way too young. She was way too ballsy, and it went bad for me. I still can't even see a clown without (laughs) basically peeing myself. (laughs) 
I can't. I think that's also the normal reaction to yeah, clowns. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, right? yeah, it, should yeah, be. yeah. it definitely should be. Mm-hmm. And then the image of a horse. It was just. I I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you the plot because I didn't watch so much of it. Yeah. I just know that I was petrified. Mm-hmm. I mean, scared. How old were you? Would you say? <sighs> I mean, it was an elementary school, so mm-hmm. it had to be like fourth or fifth grade. Oh boy, yeah, that's a little too much. Way too much. <laughs> How the Way other girl react? Did she get scared? I, she seemed okay with it, but oh. she was like a little more edgy than I was. Like in general, she was more okay with everything. Okay. So was she acting like she was more okay? Do you think? And probably. She was also petrified. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping so. Yeah. yeah, but we were also pretty vulnerable with each other, so I feel like she would have said, "Like I was like, I'm. This is terrifying. I don't want to watch <laughs> this anymore." So it's possible that she was just like, "Whatever. This is totally cool." Uh-huh. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of the first thing that really scared me. And there were things that were really dark and creepy, like Terminator 2 that was real. Yeah. But I <laughs> loved it at the same time. But you know, the first movie that I still can't think of without just cringing absolutely was in, like, I was a teenager and it was Event Horizon. Did you ever see that no, movie? No, I've never even heard I of it. I think it was Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne. There was one scene where they were like, showing what happened in this weird time loop and someone's eating someone's arm and there's all the, yeah, there was some real graphic like hits, image hits of these terrible like self-cannibalization thing. It was, I had to stop it, I think. And then then I've been haunted ever since by it. So I can't ever watch it again. It probably wasn't that bad, but something about it that terrible. moment. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. So- <laughs> yeah. I'll never watch it. A, your face when you were presenting the idea. Very cringy. Yeah. Second uh-huh. of all, I, I, no, I'm not watching somebody eat their own arm. Exactly. Or someone else's arm. Right. It doesn't make it better either doesn't way. doesn't make a difference. No. no. Eating no. an arm is not a great, mm-hmm. no. Did you ever see the movie Tremors? A long time ago. With Kevin McIntyre. Bacon. <laughs> Yeah. was in it i remember like oh my. that was another girlfriend of mine's like one of her favorite movies and we watched it way too much luckily to the point where it was just humorous yeah like it lost all ability to be scary because mm-hmm. you're like reba mcintyre and this thing in oh the ground my goodness i can't take any of this seriously you know what i just remembered was another one that was a little earlier and that was arachnophobia <gasps> oh, oh yeah nope I never saw and it. For did that I already reason. tell this story where they were showing it to us in shop class in junior high? Yes, you yes. mentioned this. I don't understand why, how that was a good idea. Maybe the teacher was just like, F this. I'm going to take a break this period and I'm going to show you kids arachnophobia. I wonder, yeah. Or maybe they were just really trying to encourage you about the importance of knowing your way around a power tool because <laughs> if you're ever up against a giant spider that's going to breed other spiders <laughs> there was like a moment where the shower scene where there's spiders yeah Ugh. i can't nope i can't do it can't do it either I can't do it oh god I okay hate spiders so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah yeah okay let's move on okay when was a time that you can remember being really really scared okay um <laughs> so summer camp <laughs> That yeah, definitely. That's a thing for sure. Um, this was when I first lived in Des Moines, and there was like a pounding. I was a small house, kind of over by Beaverdale, and there was like a pounding on my door in the middle of the night. And I am number one, straight out of sleep, I'm not always the best. Oof, and so no. I kind of started to open the door without thinking about oh. it. And then I realized, like, wait a minute. And I kind of, this person started to shove their <gasps> way in, yeah, the door. And I was pushing against it and his foot was in there and he kept yelling for someone that didn't live in our house. Like oh. he was yelling a name and I'm like, oh my God, I can't get out of my house. 
And I was like pushing and I losing my mind, finally got the door shut and locked, but he was still like, he was throwing himself into the front door trying to get in. Oh my God. Called 911. And this is saying nothing against 911 operators because I (laughs) imagine they have a very thick skin and they have to deal with crazy. I'm sure they do. But she didn't quite like put me on hold or mute. So I could hear her talking to a friend (sighs) while she was dispatching about going to JCPenney. I was like, this is. I was losing it. I was losing my mind. I was like, I'm about to die. This is every horror movie I've ever seen. That feels like a real life horror movie. It was awful. When you're being, you know, someone mm-hmm. is coming into your house and they're talking about sweaters at JCPenney. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they, the police eventually did come. They okay. caught him okay. not very far from our house. Okay. And he wa- he uh, thought that it was some friend, that we were housing some friend of his oh that owed God. him money. They think he was probably like on High, something. You yeah. Know, yeah. Um, and had confused the houses, but he was sure that that person was in there. Yeah. And then I remember that they offered me to go to like a... A, a VORP, they call it, like a victim session oh where you God. could like sit across from him and tell him how it felt. And I was like, no, I'm good. No. no I, I don't want you to ever that. remember my face. No. no. You didn't see it as far as I know. Oh so what? No. Yeah. It was terrifying. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think that'd be more terrifying than seeing someone eat their own arm. So I, I think you win in this in this battle. I mean, yeah. But if in real life, someone eating their arm. That'd be real bad. That's going to beat out someone throwing themselves <laughs> into the front door. I don't know. Someone trying to get into your house—that's scary. That's yeah, it was. Scary. It was terrifying, and yeah. I don't know what I was thinking when I cracked the door. I, you were I really mean, half asleep and just like, "It's fine." Yeah, because I, yeah. I was assuming it was like someone we knew or something. Yeah. you know, you just never expect that, oh and my so God. yeah. Luckily, I had enough. You know, got his foot in there enough, but yeah. Woo. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've established how we feel about scary yeah. stories. We like them to some extent. We do, but you know. You cross a line. Yes. Oh, we both prefer a psychological thriller. Yes, we do. Yeah. And in fact, I think that's what a lot of our picks yes. are around. Yes. Um, so my first pick, mm-hmm. fiction pick, is one we've both read. It's pretty new. It's called Bunny by Mona Watt. And like I said, very new. I think this came out in June. Mm-hmm. And the story is Samantha is a student in a prestigious graduate writing program on mm-hmm. the East Coast. She's stuck in a writing workshop with four cutesy, rich, young women who call themselves bunnies. And they literally call themselves bunnies. Like, mm-hmm. hey, bunny, I love you, bunny. Hey, bunny. Blah, blah, blah. Love bunny. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Creepy. It's gross. Um, they wear dresses with, like, cutesy animals. They go to a restaurant with miniature foods, which killed me. That, that, was, yeah, that yeah, detail yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Samantha's very working class. She's very outsider. She's there on scholarship. She has one key friend that also thinks the bunnies are ridiculous. Um, but suddenly, Samantha's invited to a smut salon with the four of them, which the name alone, I was all in yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we know as we're reading this, like, oh, Samantha, you got to stay away from this. You got it. You know, it, it's kind of like you're watching the horror movie. Like, don't go into the hallway. Don't yes, do this. Don't, don't go to the smut salon with the bunnies. No. Nothing good's going to come out of it. No. And nothing do- good does come out of it. No. Um, She goes, she starts getting pulled more and more into their world, and they're getting involved in another kind of workshop where they're up in their attic and they're creating some things, some creations, some monstrous creations, you might say. And shit gets real crazy. I can't really say much more plot-wise because it's just, there's so many things that are utterly shocking, hilarious, 
dark as all hell. Oh my gosh. So brilliant though. Um, so for our theme, as far as scary stories to tell in the dark, Mm -hmm. it's creepy, it's bloody, it's freaky as hell. Mm -hmm. There's, I I think one element that I really like about some of these stories is dread. Like you, you feel this dread, you know, something bad's happening. You know, you can't quite get out of this, but you're, you're along for the ride and you got to figure out what happens to these characters. Um, but it's also hilarious. Like think Heather's think the craft Mm. think all those kind of movies yes um and i and i'm not just pulling those comparisons out of the air in multiple interviews and other places mona has said these were her influences Mm -hmm. that she loved these movies growing up as well as like fairy tales and other horror um i had the good fortune of speaking to her about this and i will actually include the link because after you read the book it's really interesting to hear what she says about creating the book and what she was thinking about it it's so fascinating because you're gonna have lots of questions Mm -hmm. after you read you're gonna be thinking about this a lot Mm -hmm. so reading that might help um anyone who's ever been in a writing program or even just like a weekend conference with other writers, you're going to recognize some of the ridiculous language that's used, some of the passive-aggressive techniques that happen mm-hmm. in these conferences, which is utterly brilliant. So it's this lovely like sort of other element yes. of the scary story. Um, which I think actually, separate from even the writing, that's kind of a universal thing. Like if you work yes. in a field where you have to have group meetings a lot yes. or brainstorming you know, and yes, all that kind that of, kind of passive yes. aggressive, like that's a great idea. But, but. <laughs> yeah, the, that kind of, you I see know. where you're coming from, but yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. think I like what you were doing there, but mm-hmm. maybe if we did you're it just, my it's way, so good, but, but uh-huh. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's the way it's written, even if you are not familiar with writing programs or, or, you know, anything like that, you're still going to get into this. Mm -hmm. You're going to really, really enjoy it. Yes. I can't recommend it enough. Mm -hmm. Um, you recently read it as well. Anything else that you would say? No, you nailed it. I mean, you're right. There's not a lot you can say about the plot without giving some amazing things away, but we've, um, both read this and we have talked about her previous book, 13 ways of, uh, looking at a fat girl on this podcast before. So different. So different. But, I mean, both both of them show her amazing writing ability. So much range. Her way to tell a story. And both of those books have stuck with me in mm-hmm. different ways, which yes. is really interesting. Yes. And I think that that's what I took away from this book in particular is the way that she wove so many different universal ideas into such a unique story. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea of the fairy tale, which I think as you get older, you are drawn maybe more towards away from the Disney version and more towards like the Grimm's the version of like, yeah, yeah what the is the actual story here? Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause you maybe understand that the world is generally a darker place yes. than we often portray. And so I feel like weaving that in with this universal idea of wanting to be accepted mm-hmm. with this idea of, you know, being outside of your comfort zone and what kind of feelings that creates. Oh my gosh. And I loved too, how she turned these very cutesy girls into these utterly horrifying this sort of hive that you've yes. got going it's it's very remarkable it is it's and incredible. very scary <laughs> yes but great and great right so yes. worth it yeah so highly recommend yes put it on your list do read it. it right now 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 do it what do you got Erin? well i have a book that we've also all, both read mm. called my sister the serial Ooh, killer yes by Prepare yourself. This is going to be a complete butcher job. Okay. Okay. Great. I tried to find on the internet how to say her name sure. and sure, sure, sure. I, it to no avail. Let's hear it. Because this is her debut novel. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oyen Can Brathwaite. 
sounded beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you might want to follow the link on this one to get the spelling. But again, the name, My Sister, the Serial Killer. It was published in November of 2018. Um, This is the author's first work, and it is a doozy. Mm -hmm. Um, This book, in this book, one sister is a talented nurse, and the other is a very talented murderer. So one of the lines I like from it is the sister that's a nurse speaking and says, she knows what's expected of her. Bleach, rubber gloves, nerves of steel, and a strong stomach. And that should set you off right there. The story um, takes place in Nigeria. And really, it's as much like a family history as it is a horror novel, complete with blood. You got some blood in this one. You got some gore. Yes. Um, And I love it because it kind of mimics true crime in a way, Mm -hmm. in where you find yourself sort of rooting for the sister that is a murderer in a lot of ways, or you find yourself giving her a pass because of the backstories that you find out. Mm -hmm. So it puts you in that weird headspace that I think you can get in with true crime sometimes, where you're like, what's right? What's wrong? I don't know what's happening. (laughs) They're dead bodies, and I don't care. Like, you know. Murder castles are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh So it... Even the book itself is different. Like, it's a different size than the normal of the books that are published. The chapters are short Mm -hmm. and organized differently. Um, And it's set at a pace that allows you to really have the start and stop feeling with the story, which is aids the whole plot line so perfectly i think it's mm-hmm. a book that you really could pick up and read in one sitting because you kind of don't want to yes. stop you need to keep Very finding quick. out mm-hmm. and if you say if you're like me and you're like oh one more chapter well one more chapter is like oh a paragraph and then well i'll read this chapter sure. oh, i'll just yep. read that one yeah yep so it just keeps going See you, family and i think what i why i picked it particularly for this is because there's horror in so many aspects of this novel like I said, there are dead bodies, there is blood, there is that, but there's so much horror that doesn't have anything to do with murder and blood. You know, the horror of family, Mm -hmm. the horror of not fitting in with your family, the horror of being stuck somewhere in your circumstances, being born into a situation you can't control, um, horrors of not being able to be your true self, or the horrors of lost love, or, you know, lost opportunities. There's so many areas that draw on such deep emotion and then combine that with this story of this serial killer is just like kind of mind blowing. Yeah. I loved absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a really unique, um, different take on something that could have been very cliche. Mm-hmm. So I like what you said about the, the family aspect too. That's what I liked is that mm-hmm. the, the sister keeps cleaning up her younger sister's messes, even though she knows yeah. like she almost wants her to be caught, but at the same time, she's trying to protect her. There's this crazy yes. dynamic there yeah. that's really interesting. Very interesting. And yeah. and so realistic, like the pull yes. that you feel like, yeah, I mean, you can understand this want to protect someone you love, but also understand like, this is, this is not right. Like mm-hmm. this is terrible on every level. Mm-hmm. So, and kind of the, you know, it makes her complicit in a lot of the crimes and, Really, part of the reason she's getting away with it is because of her, because yes. of her talent at being able to clean it up. And I did like um, the sister, the serial killer. She yeah. just unrepentant and unrepentant in any way. Yes. Just keeps doing her thing. Yeah, she's like, oh, someone's pissing me off. Here we go. This is what's happening. This is what's yeah. happening. Let's yeah, this. It is yeah. very interesting. Yeah, it great book. Quick read, mm-hmm. wonderful. I hope that we see a lot more from her because yes. I really like her writing style yeah. so much. So excellent. Yeah. 
Well, for other genre pick, yeah. I chose a short story collection, but also primarily one of the stories in the collection. This is called Vampires in the Lemon Grove <gasps> by Karen Russell oh. from 2013. And Karen Russell is the author of Swamplandia, a novel. Mm-hmm. She's also the author of numerous short story collections for a reason. She is killer at short stories. She's amazing. In the uh, span amazing. of like 20 pages, it's this incredible Incredible story. Yes. So they're all good. They're all sort of fusing the unreal with the surreal. There's some scary stuff. They're obviously like the title story, Vampires in Lemon Grove. It's hilarious because it puts vampires in just modern day and it says, oh, by the way, all those things that, you know, you think about vampires, they're not true. And this is what's true. Oh. But my favorite story that I wanted to talk about, is called Reeling for the Empire. Story number two in the collection And in this story, young women are being sold off from their families in Japan during the Industrial Revolution, so 1850s. They are promised work at a sophisticated city factory, um, reeling silk from silkworms. Um, The world wants silk. And so these women are like, oh, this is going to be great. Cosmopolitan life. Yay. But really, they are given a tea that transforms them. Um, They become creatures with silk in their bellies. And they must reel the silk from themselves using this machine. They are held captive by the recruitment agent, but also because now they're sort of monstrous. Like, they can't go out into the real world. So, eventually, they start embracing their inner monster. And some glorious things happen from there. So, it's so, so cool, the idea of it. And it's stuck with me for years. The idea of turning into a literal monster, you know, and then just having to deal with the new reality of your body, the reality of yourself, of what you're willing to go to, what Mm -hmm. you're willing to do because of this. She really amps up the dread and the horror of what's happening and creates a world that's it's kind of familiar today. In a lot of ways, I felt like it was sort of a sex trafficking story, but set in, you know, the past in this other world. So very quick read, quick hit of really beautiful writing, some real terrible dread, and some scary stuff. And the rest of the collection, wonderful as well. Yes. So there you go. She's very talented. Yes. Yeah. Great at telling good stories. So good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Her short story collections are amazing. Yes. Very good. And that's kind of what we wanted to do in this episode, too. You know, we were pulling off the Stephen King, who himself has tremendous amounts of short story collections that are amazing Mm -hmm. that you could have picked. But I feel like if you venture down the Stephen King path at least once, you know that that's a deep, wide path you can keep going down. So this was kind of set on trying to give you other options. Absolutely. Outside of that. And she's She's a great avenue. Yeah. Yeah. On the top of the list Mm -hmm. almost. Yeah. Okay, well, my other pick is called Through the Woods by Emily Carroll. And this is actually, it's a collection of short stories, and they are very short, um, but it's a graphic novel. So Ooh. she both drew it and wrote the stories. It's And it's um, categorized as YA, actually. Oh. And I assume that is partially because um, she is a master at leaving things unsaid. That just, you're left with just this very unsettled feeling when Ooh, you get done with the story. Yeah. And I think, I was thinking a lot about this going back and forth. And I I do think that the stories would stand on their own and still be unsettling. And I can picture you being able to dive into them and get a lot of depth out of them. But the pictures in this book are so haunting. And they're drawn, they're beautiful and terrifying at the same time. Like, the way that she pulled some of those details out 
and and how she illustrated it on the page is crazy. And the way that they put the book together is like you'll read part of the short story, you know, it'll be in the pictures and then there'll be a couple pages of just pictures where you're kind of putting the story together, what's happening, and then it goes back to a narrative and more pictures and you're just like, oh, okay. Like I found myself going back to the pages of pictures and be like, did I, is that what I think happened? So it's what I think it plays on so well and I think is an important piece of horror is that ability for your mind to be scarier than you want it to be. Yes. Like, holy buckets, is that what happened? Uh And you're kind of left going, I got, yeah, I guess that is what it is. You know? So that's a great point. Like the ability for your mind to go places that maybe the author intended, maybe not. Right. We can scare ourselves pretty damn silly. Yeah. 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 And I feel like this book just opens that up so much. So if you do have to go to the YA section to find it, or you see it listed that way, don't let that scare you off or think that it's juvenile necessarily. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that feeling at all. I think, in fact, I, when I saw that it was categorized that way, it was after I read it and Mm. I thought, oh, that's odd, but that's interesting how they categorize. Yeah. 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 And I don't know if they just thought that that market graphic novels, it seems like really got a big takeoff in that particular market. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that was a part of it, but um it's a quick read it's a weird read um the main theme happens on the first page where it says it came from the woods most strange things do oh and like every story has the woods as an element yeah so yeah very interesting um i read it and then i read it again just to look at the pictures in context of the stories because you're kind of trying to have your mind catch up and you can do that it's that quick i mean uh, you can almost honestly read it without the text probably mm-hmm. the second time just to see if you're kind of um, matching up. And it really goes well with your first pick of Bunny because to me, it really harkens to that fairy tale, yeah. that Grimm's fairy tale yes. side of horror. Yeah, the like, dark oh, side. this seems great. And uh-huh. then, you know, it's not great. Um, things that we kind of have an idea like, oh, it should go this way, but it just goes so, mm-hmm. so, so wrong. And it's not, like I said, it's not, there's blood in it, but it's not bloody or gory it's just unsettling Mm -hmm. like it just sticks with you you're like oh i think that's that's a key word when we're talking about this genre yeah is that unsettling feeling that feeling of dread that just the feeling of i can't quite shake this and there's almost like a um you know it was funny when i was reading this book and normally we don't necessarily bring these types of picks but i could almost picture myself back in like a college dissecting this and talking about the symbolism yeah. of it. And I think a big part of it for me is that there isn't anything outwardly magical in terms of like, you have to think, Oh, there's this beast that was created that came. It's like, you could un- think that everything's a symbolism for some feeling we already have jealousy, mm-hmm. rage. So in a way that's more unsettling because it's like, she was giving almost the woods being like this place in yourself that, the These place strange, of the unknown and the beasts and all yeah, that yeah. come forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you think of it, yeah, it kind of gives me the chills. It's no wonder, too, that, you know, you were talking about the original Grimm's fairy tales, which if our listeners haven't um, been exposed to those, they're dark as hell. So dark. Very yeah. bloody, very gory. But yeah, they feature woods primarily. Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge theme all throughout. And I think it would be easy to look at this book and dismiss it or read it and be like, meh. Wasn't that scary? Mm-hmm. But I think if you are really taking it in and savoring it, it's it's gonna feel like those things crawled into your brain. Yeah, because it's gonna sit there and you're gonna think about it, uh-huh. and you're gonna think about the pictures, and you're gonna go, huh? 
that's terrifying. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're gifting our readers these, yeah. or our listeners, these uh, unsettling Horrible experience. It will haunt you for life. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the Shining Twins. Yeah. Forever. Forever. And ever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Well, I kind of want to read it, and I kind of don't. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's something. Okay. okay. Also, the only colors used are black, white, and red in the, in oh. the pictures. Oh. Does anyone eat their own arm? It's implied. Okay. It's implied. <laughs> It's implied. <laughs> that must be a, a main motif yeah. of some yeah. key horrors. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's implied. If okay. It says, yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I mean, you do what you got to do if you're a ghoul. You do. <laughs> <laughs> that should be our tagline for all of these. You do what you got to do when you're a ghoul. When you're a ghoul. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Ghoul's life. <laughs> when in ghouldom, dude. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think. Um, so what do you think? So far, our picks are they're they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got some imagery, we've got some fairy tale esque, we've got some like modern dread, we've got yeah. all the. For my pop culture pick, I went a little campy. Ooh, with horror, all right, and I chose True Blood from right. two thousand eight right. to two thousand fourteen, uh-huh. the show on HBO. Okay, if you did not watch True Blood, shame on you. Also, here's the story. Suki Stackhouse is played by Anna Paquin. She's a waitress in a small southern town, and she can hear what people are thinking. And this is an alternate reality where vampires have come out of the coffin, revealed themselves to the world, because there's this synthetic blood that has been marketed called True Blood that vampires can drink so they don't have to eat people anymore. Oh, perfect. Wonderful. So there's one contingent of vampires that are all for, yay, let's get out in the world, let's be legal. Then there's another contingent that's like, hell no, we want to keep eating people and doing all of the things that we're doing. Okay. So political climate. Mm -hmm. Sookie meets Bill, this vampire who is um, uh, drinking True Blood, trying to be legit. He became a vampire in the Civil War. So he has real Civil War memories for all the reenactors in town, which is great. A great resource. Good job. Yeah. She falls hard for Bill, and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, I can't see anything going on. No. So in this town, Bon Temps, uh, Louisiana, there's a whole cast of crazy characters that um, are getting involved in vampire life in various ways through the show. Um, There's also a number of vampires which are entertaining as all hell, including Eric Northman, who is a 1,000-year-old Viking uh, vampire. And that introduced us to Alexander Skarsgård. The world has never been the same since. No. He's Eric forever and ever in my mind. Anyway. So <laughs> she was having a moment there. <laughs> I was having you a were, moment. She was enjoying was having a moment. Her Eric Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Sure was. Yeah. Um, so in this story, we have vampires, we have werewolves, we have fairy monsters, witches, shapeshifters. It's gory. Yes, yes. a shapeshifter. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> and this one is gory as all hell. Like, it is so ridiculously bloody, though. It's almost comic in okay. its bloodiness. Okay. Um, and vampires are killing humans. Humans are killing vampires. Humans are drinking vampires' blood to get high. Yeah. Ridiculous and amazing and wonderful. It's sexy as hell, too. There's this lethal mix of, like, blood and sex and humor and real emotion. It's got everything, you guys. Wow. And Alexander Skarsgård. Topping. Just a cherry on top of that bloody Sunday. <laughs> so 
so like I said, kind of campy and that like it's taking the horror genre and the real concept of vampires and werewolves and everything and sort of you know creating this world where yeah, they're all real. So let's see what happens. Let's yeah. see how everyone, you know, right. gets crazy with this concept. I like it. It is wonderful. Delightful. Kind of goes off the rails after a while. But those first few seasons. <laughs> like in a jump the shark way? It's great though. Yeah. Stick Get it. it. Get, Get some it. campy, gory blood. You had me a sexy, Civil sexy War reenactment. Yeah. <laughs> sexy, sexy vampires. Nothing. Getting it on with humans. <laughs> Nothing so sexy vampire like Vikings and Civil War. That's right. <laughs> oh. oh boy. Okay, so like that was it. that was my that's where I went. I like what did it. You do? Um, I okay. So to be fair, I'm I'm a ginormous wuss. Like I can't. I startle easy. I can't do a lot of straight out horror movies. Right. I can do psychological thrillers, sure. that type of thing. But I'm just. I racked my brain. I thought of things recently, and what I the avenue I went is I just picked one of the most horrifying true crime documentaries. Oh boy. That I've watched in recent memory. Okay. Okay. Not to say that this is the most horrifying, but it's up there. Okay. It's in my top five. Oh, okay. Boy. Okay. And it's a lesser known one. So that's kind of why I picked it. Cause I think, you know, this yeah. could appeal to a lot of people. Um, and it stayed with both Mike and I in a very, very Ooh. weird way. Like we're still both sometimes going, Ooh, remember? And you kind of get a shudder. Oh, yeah. boy. So it's called The Disappearance of Susan Cox Powell. And, uh, there have been datelines and other things about this, but this one that I'm talking about, it's a two episode. They're both like around an hour and a half, so probably like three hours total. It was put out by Oxygen, the network Oxygen, but you can get it on like um, Amazon Play, Google Play, or Amazon Prime, excuse me, Google Play, those. So you can get it other places. Um, but the story is about this young mom who is married and essentially disappeared. They have never found her body. Um, she had two young sons. And as this goes out, as a lot of times these disappearances do, husband's terribly distraught, doesn't know. And then all these details about their life start to tumble out. All these details about his life start to tumble out, about his parents, particularly his dad. And each new revelation is a gut punch that you just can't quite recover from because you just, I feel like it's horrifying because you, when you think about it, you just think of her and how stuck she must've felt with the reality of what was really going on and how to get around that. And then when you, it's as much about the disappearance and what led up to it as it is what happened after and watching her husband and her father-in-law basically self-implode after it is almost as horrifying it is it ends in the most horrific way i won't give it away but it is chilling it is haunting it's horrifying it's worse than a horror movie you could not possibly come up with it it's a hundred kinds of wrong on every level (laughs) (laughs) like it's wow so it was just released in may of 2019 um I, I have still haven't recovered. I mean, it's worse wow. than a scary movie because you know it actually happened. So it's it is so twisted and weird. Yeah. And my heart is broken for her family living through that. Her it, it is it is 
It's creepy. Uh You will be very creeped out. It's interesting that you went true crime, too, because I I was thinking about that a lot, about Mm -hmm. stories that are true, because do you think that, I mean, sometimes the truth is way more effed up Mm -hmm. than any sort of fictional reality. I think so, yeah. If you had seen this in a movie, would you have been as impacted? I I don't know, because I'm guessing if you advertised it, I might have been interested because it seems psychological, thrillery. But I think that the actual... Actual events, yeah, in a movie, I think I would have been like, that's over the top. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, you don't see, obviously, it's a documentary, so you're not seeing blood and those types of things. Sure. But, but just the... Um, knowing that it happened. The things that, that happened from her all the way through the rest of the family is, is, yeah, it is. The people, the interviews, I mean, you're just kind of dumbfounded. When it gets done, you just don't even know. I mean, I don't think Mike and I said anything for like 10 minutes. We just sat on the couch and we were just like. And then I remember turning to him and saying, that's how, what? And he's like, yeah. And then we just both didn't say anything for like 24 hours. What do you think it says about us as like humans that we love these kinds of stories that like, you know, both the fictional and the true crime. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it about us that is so drawn to the dark side of humanity, do you well, think? Well, it's an acceptable way to get that part of yourself out yeah, there. that's a good point. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we all, and you don't want to admit it, that's fine, but I think we all have dark thoughts or we sure. all have a dark side. And we, not that I'm saying that everyone's like a secret serial killer. I'm just saying that we all have yeah, moments that, of rage yeah. and anger and that. And I think it's an acceptable way to kind of see how that plays out. Yeah. And it's sort of like kind of that, oh my gosh, yeah, that's terrible when mm-hmm. that goes down like that. It's it's an interesting thing to watch, mm-hmm. I guess. It's kind of the train wreck theory, you know? Like, you yes. shouldn't be watching, but you can't look away. Yeah. And I also think often it kind of informs... If you follow true crime, I often think that it informs some of our social beliefs, where we start to understand through criminal activity things that maybe we're doing wrong in society. Like maybe we're pushing certain groups of people as outcasts. Maybe we're labeling people and that's allowing crimes to happen because we're not willing to stand up and take a stance and say, no, you know, that's not what we stand for. So I think sometimes that's it too. Mm -hmm. We're informed or we learn a lot through that process. We, it informs our own beliefs. It informs things in the world around us about what we think should happen and shouldn't happen. It helps give us context of things that we think are wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true as you get older as an adult. I think you get more of that. But I think, yeah, it's just you're drawn to it because you can connect to it, but you also want to learn from it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, and I can see some of that being like it's not necessarily wish fulfillment, but kind of seeing what happens. If the idea in your head yeah. were to play out, mm-hmm. maybe this is how it would go. Mm-hmm. And that could be interesting or it could be real terrifying and yeah. dissuade you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I think like the straight across horror genre tends to be more maybe of the imaginative and really getting to like take an idea and go all the way with it, you know, not stopping. I think that's a very specific type of imagination in person. You know, Stephen King's a great example. Karen Russell, um, you know, the other authors that we've talked about, that's a very unique type of imagination that can can weave that that way and 
put it on the page enough that we understand the world that yes. they're creating and can also be scared by it because and to make it universal enough that so yes. many people do feel like a yeah. kinship to it yeah, yeah that's yeah. very talented writing i mean this genre is actually an incredibly difficult one in my opinion to do well isn't that interesting too that it's sort of sidelined as like yes. a, you know a genre that like oh you're into horror that kind of yeah. thing which it yeah like you said it it takes Probably much more work to make a real compelling story that speaks to people in a scary way. Especially in things that aren't universal. I mean, most of us Mm -hmm. don't have people that are eating their own arms in front of them. True. So to make that, make a world that you're in when you're reading that makes that seem normal enough, Mm -hmm. that's a feat in and of itself. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's a jump that a lot of other writers and other genres don't have to make. They don't have to get you there because they're operating in the world you already live in. And horror oftentimes are having to create a whole nother world. Yeah. And kind of twist your mind or how you think about it. So. Sometimes, too, it's almost bringing out uh, pieces of our history that we may have overlooked, too. Yes. Like, you think of how many stories can involve, even as a very tiny subplot, cannibalism or something, where, you know, this has happened in the past yes. to enormous people. So it's almost like playing out what that would look like in a real world scenario. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creepy as hell. It is. I don't want to. I don't want to eat humans. I'm just gonna. Okay, I'm gonna you. come. I'm gonna yeah. come out against that um, saying. <laughs> it feels like a huge red flag. I don't know why you felt the need to say that while looking at my arm, but whatever, that's fine. <laughs> just wanted to clarify okay. and put it out there publicly. Right. I'm not right. down for cannibalism. I mean, just everyone. I love you, and <laughs> it's been real. And I'm really glad we got this time but, together. You know, I mean, if we were trapped together, I would save you for last. If we had to, you oh, know. Oh, okay. Here it is. The order that we're going to eat each other and had to yep. get there. That's yep, fine. Yep, 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 yep. All right. What is yeah. this episode 22? Okay. Fine. Fine. I get eaten last. That's a good thing. That right. shows like I'm Who are we eating you. first? It's you and I. So how is this working? <laughs> We'll find some other people, some randoms, and I'll eat the randoms first. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm this saying. This is all a lie. Podcast is going to kill us both. <laughs> That's a good point. Podcast is going to eat us before we have to eat ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's not going to let that happen. No, she's not. No. The minute we even look She'll be annoyed. She'll be like, look, you two can't decide. You're both dead, and I'm I'm the one getting off this horrible island, wherever we are, yeah, that yeah. we have to eat each other. Somehow she's going to poison us so we look just barely unconscious, and then she's going to go to town. Okay. Just eat us up. I like it. Yeah. But in your version, we're going to hunt other people. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the hunting part. Okay. Like, we're going to hunt the people. Okay, you're going to hunt the and people. Then, yeah. Yeah. We should go well with the two of us because we're both very equipped for, for sure. any kind of hunting. Yes. Much less people. Yep. And then our version of hunting will just be like, like drawing them in, oh, like okay. you know, like oh, we're safe, we're normal people. Look at our dance up. routine. Uh, uh, come to our deserted <laughs> island. Uh, uh, we're not uh, going to eat you. Uh, I mean, we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very elaborate ruse yeah. that will bring them in. I like it. Yeah, and I feel like we'll be really good at disguising that it's human too, because oh, we yeah. wouldn't be able to just eat it. We would both feel weird about that for sure. So we would dress it up. We would have some presentation to it. You know, put a garnish. Yes. <laughs> thinking we're on an island we might have access to coconuts which maybe we should be perfect of course that would be a food source so i'm not sure why we're eating because we can only eat so many coconuts yeah you're right i'm gonna go nuts i need a human and apparently we also have blenders to make the smoothies the coconuts or you could i'm picturing like we get a big rock and we're grinding this is horrific we have just created a horror movie that's what we did 
<laughs> this went so bad. Well, you know, I mean, this time around we didn't go business idea, Ooh. but we stuck to theme. I mean, that's a horror story. That's a scary story to tell in the I dark. I feel like we could play that out. We I could. Mean... We're not telling it in the dark. It's broad daylight mm-hmm. and we're talking about it on air. Mm-hmm. But that's how we roll. I think if we took it another step and yeah. we were like eating the brains of yes. the people that we caught mm-hmm. and then we take on characteristics of oh, them and yes. that freaks each other out on the island. Oh like things that are so far from what yeah. you, they are. Like you become like a huge Midwestern hunter carnivore and oh. I'm like, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, where's who Amy? Is that? Yeah, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Where's my vegan loving lady? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are humans vegan? Uh, hmm, that's a great ethical question. I'm gonna say yes in this scenario. <laughs> I mean, when it comes down to it, if there's a story where a human is getting hurt or an animal, I'm gonna let the human get hurt okay. and I'm gonna protect the animal. That's a great ethical question, is maybe my favorite thing you've ever said. <laughs> ethical question we don't have time to get into but i'll get back to you on that i suppose it would depend on what the human ate oh good point kind of like if you put eggs in the cookies yeah. they're not vegan. Oh, if you God. put eggs in the human crap well at that point we may not be picky enough so, yeah i you think know. you're gonna have to let it go i'm gonna have to let it go all right yeah well. i'll just eat everything except the stomach so it's fine <laughs> I'm pretty proud of the face you just made that that whatever I said (laughs) made you look the most horrified you've ever looked. (laughs) I think having an out of body moment where I'm sitting across from you and you literally said I eat everything but the stomach. Like I'm eating a human, but where I'm going to draw the line is eating any animal products. That's right. Okay. I stand by that. I like it. Oh, Oh, you're good at sticking to it. You know, I think that after this episode and after I've revealed some things about me, it'll be a toss-up on if we continue this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I might want a third party here from now on. (laughs) Scary. What's horrifying is I thought it was podcast this whole time that was trying to kill me. Nope. <laughs> Podcast just my familiar oh. doing my bidding. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, oh. I'm assuming that people enjoyed this as much as we did. <laughs> and they'll be happy to know we will be back next Wednesday. <laughs> provided Amy doesn't get at me before that. <laughs> and if you have an escort. Bodyguard. Right. Yes. Yeah. But in the meantime. Yeah. For all of our picks today. Yes. Including the author. I can't totally pronounce your name. You better head to yeah. broadsandbooks.com. And get that it. info. Yeah. Also at broadsandbooks.com, mm-hmm. we have some bonus material. Mm-hmm. We have learned a lot about each other in this bonus material, but yet there's still more to learn as this past 10 Every minutes have shown. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> but go to the bonus material. You'll hear how, you know, lots of stories about us. We take quizzes. Yes. We give a guide to road trips so with a good. playlist. We playlist. give gift guides. Mm-hmm. God, there's so much. So much. Yeah. We just keep giving. Mm-hmm. We also, if you enjoy this, yeah. besides the human sacrifice part, <laughs> if you want to give or us a review, like or if you sac- like it, yeah. maybe that's a new thing you really enjoy, yeah, yeah, yeah. let us know. Yep. Write that review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if we do get any reviews after this episode, how that will skew our results in the search. Positively. Yeah. Definitely. Positive thoughts, For I think. Sure. Uh, that's where we have to go. 
because you're terrifying. So they're scared now to <laughs> do anything but five stars. See, all of you listeners that have been listening for a while, you thought Aaron was the scary one. Nope. No. I, all I was going to do was break legs. Okay? You still had your body. And legs heal, provided I don't – I do it correctly. I – in this scenario, you have nothing but your stomach. You are your stomach at this point. Okay. Yep. That's yep. what she's That's leaving it, behind. Yep. Everything is your stomach. except that that stomach. Okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless, of course, you she knows you're a vegan, then she's gonna eat your stomach too. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Vegans, all the bets are off. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. So, this was a theme idea given to us by a listener. Yes. Maggie. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Maggie. So we nice loved it. Sorry, we kind of went off on a tangent there. You learned more about us as a result. Yeah. So here you go. It was a gift to you. It was. And guess what? You, all of you other listeners, you can do this same thing. You can. We can dedicate an episode directly to you. And we can go off the rails for you. We sure can. Give us a fully-fledged theme idea. Give us a genre idea. Give us a specific pick. Whatever you want to do. Send it our way. We'll make it happen. Mm -hmm. And you can do that through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our website. We are not hard to find. No, we are not hiding, even though we talk about a lot of things. We probably should hide. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. No, Mm -mm. we're we're out there. We are. Yeah. In the meantime, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.